Welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. On this episode, Adrian Bankert from Good Morning America and ABC News talks with Mike about her book, Your Hidden Superpower. So, uh, Adrian, you um, kind of got your start in media and uh, journalism on the other side of the country over in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, my hometown, really. Yeah. They're doing about, about the same as uh, New York right now. Well, it's interesting because I have um, I have family still, of course, in the Sacramento area. It's not quite as strict. You know, here, almost everybody has a mask on yeah. when you go outside. Almost everyone, because you know, there were mandates that said, you know, if you're going to be in public places, if you go into any restaurant, you have to have a mask on. Out in Northern California, because they've had much fewer cases, they, it's not mandated, but people do look at you strange if you don't have one on. Yeah. It's a grocery store and things like that. Now, in Los Angeles or San Francisco, I've talked to people, and it's like they don't want to leave their house. It's like, I'm, I'm going to stay inside. It's a totally different world there. So I think it depends on what county you live in in California since it's such a humongous state. Yeah. But New York is definitely still the epicenter, and definitely you can still feel it. So you have a book out that's called uh, Your Hidden Superpower. And um, so did you have like a aha moment where you knew that you had to write about uh, this book or write on this subject of, of being kind? You know, it was really my mentor. Uh, his name is Bill Krause, and he said, you should write a book on kindness. And I thought, well, there are a lot of books on kindness, so do we really need another book on kindness? And he said, no, you need to write it. You have a different perspective. Um, because I, I had a dream of writing a book. In fact, I don't know about you, but I make goal lists every year. It's like every year I would write, write a book, write a book, write a book. I didn't know what I was going to write a book on, but I was going to write a book. And um, one day in one of our conversations, you know, he had said, this is what you should write a book on. Um, but I always tell people that one of the first stories that kind of prompted the evolution of this from a few pages in my journal to a book was that my entry into network news from local news came because of a woman who'd known me my whole career. She called the general manager of the Los Angeles ABC station and said, you need to work with Adrian Bankard. I've never heard her say a bad word about anybody. And so the GM called me, you know, and I'm trying to make this daring move from, uh, pardon me, from Dallas. I'm trying to make this daring move from Dallas to anywhere, you know, just to jump up to the network level. Yeah. And um, she called me up and she said, listen, I can teach you how to be a better writer. I can teach you how to be a better reporter. I can teach you how to work in LA, but I can't teach nice. So, we need more of that in this business, and I'd love to have you come work for us. It's an interesting topic. I mean, um, I was reading a, a little bit about it, and um, you kind of unpack kindness in a, in a unique way. And one thing you say is that uh, kindness heightens your sixth sense. Can you tell us a bit yeah. what, what, what you mean by that? Well, it's been interesting that in my friendships that I have with people that are very close and with people who I've not known very long, that... I would have these stories of situations where something would pop in my mind, like get them this thing. You know, I tell one story about this woman. I was going to get her a Christmas card, and I, you know, I procrastinated. I was a little bit late, and so I was going to stop by the local drugstore and just get her a Christmas card and write a very kind note and thank her for, you know, being a newer connection in my life. 
And I was just impressed to buy her mascara. And I'm like, that is the most silly thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm in the drugstore and I'm wanting to leave. Because I'm like, I am not getting this woman mascara. I haven't known her six months. No. But I just, I could not leave the store without buying this stinking mascara. And I thought, okay, I will get the mascara. This seems really strange. And I take it with, I don't even wrap it. I just take the stick of mascara and a card that I did write a very nice note in. And I handed it to her and I felt like, I'm going to have to explain this to you. This is so weird. <laughs> and uh, she said, oh my goodness, how did you know? And I'm looking at her like, know what? And she's like, just this morning. I was thinking, I need to get some mascara because I cry all of my mascara off between the front door, walking through cold New York. My eyes tear up. I get to the shop and I don't have any mascara on anymore because I cried it all off. I said, I was just thinking today that I needed to put some mascara here at the office wow. so that if I cried it off. And I was literally looking at her, and this has happened to me in other times in my life. So it's not like a one-off. And I, I call it your sixth sense, but I also say it's using your conscience for other people's benefit. It creates this muscle memory for you to be moved by that compassion that wells up in you or that idea or that warm impulse. And because you're willing to use it for somebody else's good with no strings attached, you'll learn to know that little voice inside for your own life, for those crossroads moments where you're like, what do I choose and what do I do? And it's one of the best benefits of kindness to me is the superpower because everybody wants to know that little voice inside of them. Everybody wants to kind of be more intuitive and discerning. And that's what I've seen happen because I'm kind. Have you ever had that happen uh, to you uh, like you had with that lady that you were just talking about? You mean where somebody did it for me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah, because that's the other thing. It's not like, oh, everybody be kind like Adrian Banker. It's like, no, everybody be kind because you need kindness. And what I found is that it's those moments where people will walk in the door or open a door for me that I really needed, and they didn't know how much of a struggle I was going through, or they didn't know how much I needed an answer or a connection. And they just showed up at just the right time for me. And when you are kind, you end up receiving that reciprocal kindness, expecting it because you know that kindness works. So you know it'll have to work in the reverse. You know, it's not just what goes around comes around. It's really just knowing that we are in a kinder world than maybe you think. With everything that's going on in the world right now, Adrian, um, how can people express kindness to others um, in the in, in <clears throat> just in uh, life in general, maybe? <clears throat> well, I think for me, when I think about kindness, especially now, you know, I've had to get creative when you're in your apartment and you're told, you know, only go outside for, you know, your exercise and your, your fresh air, but you're not going and taking people to lunch. You're not going to the coffee shop and meeting a friend. Um, I've had to get really creative over the past three months. And one thing that I was inspired by, actually by my assistant, she had found out a few of her friends were furloughed or laid off. I can't remember. And so she called all their mutual friends and said, what are we going to do about it? And so they basically adopted these friends, these two or three friends who were furloughed, and paid for their groceries for a whole month. Oh, wow. And I thought that was so out-of-the-box generous. And I thought, maybe not everybody's going to do that, but you can buy somebody lunch. You can put some money in Venmo or Cash App and say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Normally we'd be at a restaurant right now, but I just want to buy your lunch today. 
you know, I, I've heard stories of people adopting, you know, medical staff and nurses at different hospitals and just surprising them with meals. And so those moments of kindness and food means love to people, no matter what kind of crisis we're in. Um, (laughs) It's just one of the the best things you can do for somebody, food meaning love. So um, just creating moments that feel a little bit more familiar in a time when the life that we are living is totally dysfunctional brings so much joy and is an easy way. And you don't have to have a lot of money. You can give somebody five or 10 bucks and say, Hey, next time you go get breakfast at the coffee shop, it's on me. I was thinking about you. Another thing that I've encouraged people to do is instead of just texting, use a video text and selfie record your face. Because the thing is, we're not seeing faces as much. We're seeing them in zoom calls for conference calls. We're seeing them in FaceTime. But a lot of times you want to check in with somebody, but you don't have a half an hour, an hour to catch up with them. Yeah. And so send them a little selfie video and just say, hey, you're amazing. I just wanted to remind you that I'm thinking of you and I can't wait to see your face. Literally like 10 seconds of your life. But it'll put a smile on their face and it's a kind act that everybody can do because it's free. It is, absolutely. Uh, so what are some immediate things that people can practice daily to unlock their own, <clears throat> their own hidden superpower? Well, I love that you started with my favorite, which is the sixth sense, because, you know, when you are in a kind state of mind, you can end up living a kind lifestyle, and that will evoke a kind identity. You know, the the whole purpose for me is for us to see kindness, not just as an action, especially not just a random act, even though I love random acts of kindness, but to schedule it in your day. So just like you would schedule time to go to the dentist or go to the grocery store, actually making a kindness checklist. You know, every week deciding that you're going to be intentional about being kind. Perhaps there's a coworker that you know who lives alone, and you can call and check in on them and kind of adopt them as like a family member. When we, when we treat our family members, or rather, when we treat our colleagues as friends and family members, we establish a greater bond with them, and we also bring our own kindness muscle to light. You know, we're flexing our kindness muscles when we are friendly. And right now, in some cities like New York, you can't necessarily see that someone's smiling behind that mask. You can't necessarily see that their eyes are smiling. But you can make a phone call. You can, as I said, send that text message. When you're kind in terms of, like, buying the stranger at the coffee shop their coffee, that's one way of doing kindness. But scheduling it every week, every month, and tracking yourself, and that kindness will multiply and become something where you don't need a reminder. It just becomes habit. I think that people think that, oh, I'm going to be, I am kind. I do something nice for people every so often. But it becomes a superpower when it becomes part of your DNA. And that's my goal. Are there, <clears throat> Adrian, are there some times uh, throughout the day maybe or even the whole day to where you don't feel like being kind to people? And oh, my gosh. So, uh, how do you combat that? Yes, <laughs> definitely. You know, I think that inherently there are people that aren't our flavor that we don't necessarily like. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of triggers, and I talk about this in the book, because first of all, in work relationships, especially during times of high pressure or, or stress, if we're under a lot of pressure and stress, we can't always um, muster up the kindness that we want, you know, or somebody snaps at us and we want to retaliate or snap back. What I learned a long, long time ago when I went into work once, um, one of our engineers, he happened to raise his voice and snap at me. And I wanted to snap back, but I thought I'd better not. So I was arrested. But 
I thought about it, and I thought, you know, why did he act like that to me? And, you, you know, your mind gets going. Well, the next day I found out that his mother died, mm. and everything was forgiven. And so for the rest of my career since then, and that was very early on in my career, anytime anybody snaps at me or has attitudes, I remember that somebody might have died. I remember that they might be going some, through something that I don't know. And that gives me the compassion I need to be able to deal graciously with anybody's, with, you know, sharp tone or bark. And the other thing that I've been employing lately, I don't necessarily write this story in the book, but because of how tense things can be and how much pressure we're under emotionally, mm-hmm. I live my life as if it's their last. Not my last. You know, we've heard for years, it's like, live it each day like it's your last. That kind of sees the day. Yeah. But what I've learned is if I live like it's everyone else's last, then I'll be a lot more gracious to them because anybody that you know, if you know that they're going through something where they're going to be off this planet, you know, a loved one has a, a, a diagnosis that's not curable, your compassion rises to another level. And so it's just a shift. It's a trigger for me. What I've learned is we need positive triggers just like there are negative triggers to past abuses or past uh, trauma, we can use the same mechanism to remind ourselves how short life is and how we would be at the bedside of that person. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us would be at the bedside of a person that we knew, even if they were our worst enemy, we knew it was their last day. We would be kinder to them. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. And uh, Adrian, how can viewers and listeners find out more information about your book and purchase a copy? And, and where can they find you on social media as well? Yeah, so we'll start with where to find the book. You can find it anywhere books are sold. You can go to your favorite retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Audible has the audio book available. I'm excited about that. And yourhiddensuperpower.com is the website, so they can go there for the latest information, newsletters. There's an e-course that uh, readers can log on and get. Um, in fact, right now there's, um, I think there's still a special going on that if you put, no, it won't be going on. You'll have to edit this part out. It won't be going on by the time you run this thing. Um, but yourhiddensuperpower.com has all the information, book trailer, video resources, e-course. And then I'm on social media at AD on TV. And then my book information is at The Unbeatable Kind on Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, Adrian, um Thank you so much for writing this book. Um, I think it's a daily reminder that we all could really use, and um, I definitely do look forward to purchasing a copy for myself. And uh, if I sent you a copy, would you sign it for me? I sure would. Absolutely. I will definitely get one out for you. (laughs) I think I can make that happen. (laughs) Thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on the show, and uh, good luck on uh, the, the story that you're covering today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you heard today, like our Great Scott Podcast Facebook page. That's where you can find information on Mike's upcoming entertainment podcasts.